Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less than stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now, coming into the third week of January, we should be starting to find our footing a little bit, whether we're a sales leader or a sales team. And, you know, our goals for 2022 have been solidified. Hopefully, uh, we've either covered them off with our team or we are planning to do that to ensure that we all have a smooth roadmap in front of us. Outside of of business, you know, in Canada anyway, things are starting to reopen up again. uh, And we're getting just that back to, to back to basics, back to normal feeling. It's good. It feels like there's uh, there's a, a support behind us. And again, this goes back to, you know, when controlling what we can control. So this is beyond our control. But when it is in line and it is working with us, you feel the support that it does give you because uh, it allows you the full freedom and flexibility to do what it is you need to do. So it brings me to today's topic. And what I want to talk to you about is back to basics. And, and the reason I'm talking about this now is I've done a few sales kickoffs and sales training on just that back to basics. And, and why is this so important now? And when you look at the pandemic in the last over two years, you know, we started most of us face to face, some of us blended, and then we went completely virtual. And, you know, we started going back or getting plans for, you know, this hybrid model. And it, it really hasn't come. We're still most of us here in Canada anywhere are virtual, again, depending on our role. Because we've oscillated back and forth, what we did in the past so automatically and, and subconsciously, we don't have that level of confidence or conviction anymore because we haven't done it in so long. But also we need to check in and ensure that what we've done in the past is still sufficient, is still valuable with our clients. And the big thing I see now is there's perceived value and there's actual value. And so what got you to a certain place and you know an elevation with your client doesn't necessarily mean that that's that same elevation and that same peak point of value that's going to allow you to stand out in their mind. So we can't assume these things. So what I want to talk to you today is a few things around back to basics um, and what we can be doing as sales leaders to empower our team and, and then some tactical stuff for sales sales people themselves. But before I go into that, I just want to quickly share a story. And I was, um, I was onboarding a new coaching client and this person was new into sales and they shared a little bit about their learning objectives and what they wanted to achieve, you know, by working with me, which was great. And then I shared a little bit about me and, you know, how I got into sales and, you know, and sharing my story, you know, of getting into sales, you know, pre-internet, very traditional way. You were face to face. There was a product. There was a brochure. There really was a, a reason to meet, you know, and they couldn't do any homework on me or my competitors and all they relied on was me. And so I had to show up. I had to control the engagement. I had to demonstrate, you know, the value based on what I knew about them. And again, you know, there was no internet. So I looked at back to basics and I thought, you know, that was over 20 years ago. And now we have all the technology and we have all these tech stacks. But there are some things that are tried and true and irrespective of time, they still stand as foundational. 
And so that's where a lot of what I've done, what I started my career in hasn't changed. And so those are the basics. Those are the fundamentals. And even a higher level of, you know, you just think about how you show up, you know, what level of integrity do you bring as both a founder, a sales leader, or a rep? You know, are you accountable? Are you an effective communicator? Are you trustworthy? Are you able to, you know, take a complex idea and distill it down into a a story or an experience that your client can resonate with? So all these things that, you know, when you look at Zig Ziglar and all the books years ago, you know, the message doesn't change. So if you can, you know, add all this tech and, and other virtual, it definitely helps. But, you know, if you add a video to a weak message, it's still poor. So I want to talk to you today about back to basics. And the first thing I would say where we, where we can start is looking at, as I mentioned, our customers. And maybe, maybe their role hasn't changed, but maybe their responsibilities or their processes have. And if our role was to support them in, you know, meet them where they're at and help them with uh, their processes, but we aren't aware of what, what those changes are or what they're now asked to do, and we show up with the same level of value, it's no longer valuable because they now have three or four additional steps beyond that. And if we don't ask them, you know, what's changed, make it about them. Help me understand, you know, your role, what's changed in your organization. How do you get the job done now could be very different and shifted since the pandemic. So as a sales rep, you know, lean into your curiosity. And when you're having these meetings, make it about them and ask them what's changed. And then turn on those active listening ears. You know, let them tell you about what's changed. And by doing that, you understand, okay, my role is different now. Where you needed me here, you need me way before. And you need me for longer or deeper. Or you also need my partner. So by understanding the role you play or your company allows you to show up in a way that can truly add value. And and this is where you can also teach them something and offer, you know, would it be helpful if I were to offer you this at this stage? You know, what would that mean for your team? What would that mean for your turnaround time? And so this allows you to really teach them something and and highlight the value you bring that in, in various or new stages that they may not have either, you know, have thought about either. So the first thing is really understand your client and how you serve them and how can you serve them better or different based on how their role, how their processes have changed internally as a result of the pandemic. The second area is, you know, when you're having meetings with them, and I've said this for a long time, but the currency we trade in is time. So we need to be ultra purposeful because people are very reluctant to give their time away, especially to salespeople and especially to salespeople they don't know. So how can you how can you be purposeful and intentional right away, letting them know that, you know, this is a good 30 minutes of your time? Obviously, they're going to give you their time based on what that initial exchange was. So if it was, you know, you engage with them on LinkedIn, they responded to a cadence and there was value in it. You've done a good job there because you've got the meeting. But following that, you know, in that first meeting um, invite, is there an agenda? You know, do they know exactly what you're what you're there to talk about, what the value is to them? Like, why are they showing up? And so that's the first thing is really setting those expectations because the whole thing is how can we separate ourselves from others? You can also uh, invite them to add something, you know, in that in that invite as well and really make it a two-way conversation. But then when you get into the meeting, again, that purpose is really, it's needed because uh, I can tell you when I, I won't take a call or a meeting if I don't know what it's about. I just don't have the time to do it, right? And if somebody definitely shares what it is they're looking for, what it, what's in it for me, 
And then, you know, what, what those next steps are definitely increases my chance of taking the meeting. So we have to work for that. And I see a lot of people, there could be an element of laziness in it. There could be an element of they just don't have a framework and they don't know, or it's shifted as a result of the pandemic. So these are things that really have never changed. So what's the purpose of the meeting? Have a clear agenda, letting them know how you're going to achieve this and then really set those end, end goals. So, you know, at the end of this meeting, you know, we should be in a position where we are able to what? what? What do you want to do at the end of this meeting? So you are preparing your prospect to think of the questions required. Think about who else needs to be on this meeting so that they show up as an active participant and your chance of achieving that end goal are great. And I think when that's not done and then you ask for those next steps at the end, they're too future driven. They haven't got enough information. Perhaps the, the right people or the, the people that influence or, or make the decisions aren't on the call. You're not going to get those next steps. So let them know in advance, where is this leading to? And obviously within the process, this might just be the next phase. It doesn't have to be this, you know, final end result, but it's, it's always, you're trying to advance. So what's that next step that you want to advance to let them know what it is so that, you know, the agenda supports you all getting there and then gain commitment. Are we all, are we all good with this? Does this make sense for everybody based on the agenda, based on what we all want to achieve and based on where we're going? Yeah. Okay. And if it doesn't, tweak it. What do we need? You know, and, and this is where it becomes, it moves from my meeting to our meeting because we're getting them talking. We're getting that involvement from the beginning so that they know this is not me just showing up and someone talking at me. It's we're, we're collaborating. We're talking together. My input is required and we're co-creating this next step. So first thing is really getting that end goal up front. We're going to, you know, go have the meeting. And what I see here is I see a lot of reps you know, they're doing all the talking and um, they're really not giving their audience a chance to comment, add their opinion. Yeah, they're not they're not asking the questions either. They're not really leaning to the curiosity. So at the end of it, the, your prospect might just say, yeah, yeah, this sounds good. And then you're, you're not going to hear from them. But also when too much time passes and you haven't engaged with your prospect and then you go and ask them, you know, any questions or, or does this make sense? The two worst things you can say, you know, it's those questions have been gone and now they're just annoyed and they're probably distracted. They're probably on their phone. They're doing something else because they know that this is a typical salesperson. They're focusing on themselves, their own agenda, and your prospects just checked out or they've ended the meeting early. So in this, the body of the meeting, we want to really be having two-way dialogue and, and gauging with what you're sharing with them what do they like? What do they agree with? What do they find useful? What do they find helpful? So I always say, if you had a little ledger on the side of your um, computer and you were marking pluses and minuses, you need to know at the end of the call where your prospects are at. Where, where are they leaning more towards within your solution, within the problem you're you're trying to solve or just the discussion points? And if you don't have any, if, if those lines are still parallel and they're not starting to taper a little bit at the end and you're getting a sense of, of what direction they're leaning into or what part of your solution really excites them or what part they definitely will never use, then you're not really conducting an effective meeting or you're not making about your client. So that middle part really needs to be engaging with your client two-way, making sure that what you're sharing is valuable, but, but what about it is valuable? What does that allow them to do now that they couldn't do before? What does that mean for them, their team, their organization, personally? All these things that help you build emotion. When people buy an emotion, they get excited, and that's when you want to strike, when that level of emotion and excitement is high. But we usually don't get deep enough to elicit that. 
And that's where that commitment to change falls because they look at the squeeze and is it worth the squeeze? And, you know, change management's big. So if you can't paint that before picture where their current state is no longer sustainable, it's it's too troublesome, the future state doesn't look as uh, appealing or rewarding and it's not worth that climb up that high, high mountain. So part of that is really checking in with our audience in a meaningful, purposeful way that that actually gets us an understanding of where they're at. Ending this part is we, we definitely want those next steps. So how can we tie this up? We go back to that end goal. And so we say, you know, when we started this call, we, we all agreed that by the end of this, we should be able to, you know, book the demo, to um, sign up or refine the training program, to be positioned as a preferred vendor, whatever, whatever that next step can be. And it can be anything in your business. Are we now there? And, and again, you want confirmation from the group. And oftentimes people say, oh, well, Karen, what if they say we're not there? Well, that's okay. But you need to then ask them, okay, so what do we need to do to get there? And sometimes it's the smallest thing. You know, I just need to see the, the last, I don't know, the last, the version of the last training and make sure that, you know, we sign off on that. Okay, let's do that. But, but basically you need to get that commitment that they are now ready to move forward. And, and when you don't have that commitment, what you're doing is you're checking in, you're touching base, you're chasing them. And you're ghosting them. And the reason is because it was your agenda. It was your meeting. You didn't engage anybody and you didn't tell them, you know, you didn't, they don't believe that that next step makes sense or it's not aligned to their initial objective. So while you're on the meeting, you go back to that initial objective, that initial end goal. And did we achieve it? Are we now ready to move forward? And then what are those next steps? Okay, you have the people on the call. You can start delegating. This is where controlling the call comes in. Oftentimes I say, okay, who wants to take this? And how many people do you think respond to that? So we need to take a, we need to take initiative here and we need to say, okay, so, you know, for this part of it, I need a finance team to, to really manage this. Uh, Nancy from finance, can you, by the end of uh, the week, give me two people that are going to be part of this? And then for the IT component, you know, Richard, will you look after that? And um, can you send your two people by the end of the week to so really take control of it? so that you have momentum. Otherwise, the deal stalls. And, and I'll tell you, because people are so busy, they actually want that. They want to be, they want structure and they want to be told what to do. It, it just may, it takes the guesswork out of it and you're controlling it. So part of when they're engaging with you, they're looking for someone who, who can control the meeting, who's confident and, and gives them the feeling that they're in good hands because once they feel that they can let go, they can loosen the grip and they're going to give you their attention. They're going to disarm and they're going to allow you to take them being an expert where you feel that they need to go. So they're evaluating all the time in how that happens. Okay. And then, so following the meeting, you've understand your customers, you understand what's changed, how the roles change, how you can now add value, what's different about the value um, you're adding really applying a solid, repeatable framework that allows your client to have the structure and feel that they're in control with you. But you've developed these new skill sets and, you know, you're automating the process and the, and the commitments and the engagements you need uh, with your client. But, but if you stop there, it's too easy to revert back to the old ways of business. So this is where the leaders come in and the sales leader's role is to develop their team. So sales leaders have to coach their team on this, on this new framework, on understanding their, their buyers and their, their new processes. And, you know, they need to be regularly and they need to practice role playing. They need to do some call reviews. If you are doing a face-to-face um, meetings, attend some of the meetings, you know, don't take them over. You attend them 
you role play in advance, you practice, and you know your role as a coach. So where in this particular instance does your rep, perhaps, is there an opportunity for them to really, you know, focus on? And maybe some, it's that opening. It's that, you know, they're not that confident, structured opening. Well, you practice that before you get in there so that that's the part they're really honing. Um, someone else might be, you know, digging into those curiosity, uh, asking those difficult questions. You know, if they say it doesn't meet our needs, okay, well, can, you, can you tell me a little bit about where, where it doesn't? That's okay. You know, these questions are, no, we need to know. So practice knowing your reps at what, what stage in this framework do they need the support? And what does that look like for them? So that be, before, you know, before they know it's automated, they're delivering it in a very conversational tone. They're not sounding robotic. And these next steps are very um, organic and natural for them. And once they get that feeling, they can start being themselves. They can let their, you know, their personality shine through. They can, they can add their finesse and really engage with their clients to create an experience. And when they don't do that, they're still very rigid and, and they don't have the freedom to even check in with their audience and read their body language, whether it's virtual or not, and see, gosh, how did they, how did they react? Why are they pausing for so long? Is that a good thing? Are they thinking or do they totally not understand what I'm saying? So this ability to check in with your audience, really look at them, observe, that only comes when this framework is, is nailed down, you get it, and it becomes very conversational you're not looking down. It's, oh, what comes next? You, there's a flow. There's an organic flow. And a lot of my coaching clients, that's one of their objectives is I want a mo more conversational flow. I want to know where to put this within the, you know, the discovery or the demo. Well, that all comes with practice and it comes from following a framework. So you know what you, you can feel it. You can feel where this belongs, where I need to dig deeper to this, where I need to park this and, and tie it into the next step. And that's when, when you operate from a framework. So sales leaders, you know, you, you know, the framework and you can absolutely use the framework within your interactions, both internally and externally, but your role here is to coach them on it and look when they're deviating. Why are they deviating? Maybe, you know, there's an element of the framework that needs tweaking. Maybe their storytelling is too long. Um, maybe they're, they're not confident because, you know, um, you know, they're talking to a bunch of C-suites and they've been in the role for six months. And so this is you as a sales leader have to understand where these where these challenges why they're coming up and what can I do to coach them on it so that when they're in front of their customers they're showing up as their best self so you know bringing it back to back to basics and you know basics is a I don't really love that word but I think fundamentals and and these are things that just are tried and true and they haven't changed and and I'll tell you they're not going to change it's we can add you know, the finer details around them, but these fundamentals are the same. We're dealing with people, you know, so just to recap, you know, really look at your customer and understand what's changed, what's changed in their role, um, in their processes, in their business. And those changes have a direct impact and correlation on how you can support them and what value you bring to them. Because if you're coming in at a different level, at a different stage, if you're bringing different documentation, if you're supporting them in a different way, then the value that you brought in before is not going to be the same or it's not going to be enough. So we need to really get clear on what's perceived versus actual value. And to do that, we need to ask our, we need to have conversations and ask our clients what's changed. The second one is really adopt a framework. So have that framework. So you go in there. And, and the reason a framework is so valuable is that even in heated conversations or conversations where you get pulled off track, you always have a roadmap to come back to. So you know exactly where you are. It's not a script. It's a framework. 
and really make, you know, if you think about, you know, the importance of it is really setting that agenda, letting them know what their purpose is and what is that end result? Where do we want to be at the end of that? The agenda is going to tell you how you're going to get there. Ensure that you're getting buy-in, getting commitments, getting their feedback along the way. So you know what part of this they're really enjoying, what part's not that interested in them. Um, at the end, you really want to get that next step. So, you know, when we started this call, we all agreed our purpose was this and the next step should be this. Are we now ready to, to plan that? Okay, let's do it then. Okay, really keep that momentum. People want to get these these projects and these objectives crossed off their list. They don't want to keep these running on. So our job is to take control, get those next steps and cross off that line so we can move on to the next phase. And the final thing is, you know, coach that. We want these behaviors. We want these new skill sets to be sustainable. How can we do that? Sales coaches, you know, know the framework yourself. Know who, who needs to help at what level. Coach them to it in advance. So you're not showing up, you know, again, knowing that our customer's time is a fleeting resource and we have to be purposeful. You know, don't show up without a, a solid agenda. Don't show up without knowing the purpose, what the value is for them. We're wasting their time. And, you know, you're not going to get it again. So our role as leaders is to really support our team through role playing, through coaching, call recording, watch their calls, listen to their calls, play it back to them so they can firsthand see where there's an opportunity for improvement. So those are only three. There's so many, but those are the three areas that really allow you to take your, take things back to basics. Look at the things that have not changed. People still buy an emotion. People still buy from people. So how can we show up irrespective of the medium, whether it's in person, whether it's virtual, whether it's a hybrid, and really differentiate ourselves, add value, and, and create an experience for them that's enjoyable and that it's going to invite them to do you know, future business with them, with you. So that repeatability. So I would invite you to put that into practice. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback. What worked? What type of results did you see? Did you see your, the confidence of your sales rep going up? Did you tweak any areas? What's the response of your buyer? So all these things would love to hear how it worked for you and how it really helped you stand out in your customer's eyes. So thanks for listening, everybody. If you know anybody who you feel would benefit or enjoy from this, please feel free to share it, like it. And as always, if you think of a guest or topic you love to hear, please reach out to us at info at k2perform.com. Thank you for tuning in to the K2 Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our weekly sales insights are geared towards sales reps, leaders, and small business owners to help navigate the complexity of modern day sales. Our tactical takeaways help you put a plan in place to start creating your own game-changing results. Until next time, happy selling. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.